right. Today is Thursday, November 7th. We are here with our Wednesday episode. My week 9 NFL power rankings. Little little behind. Uh, work kind of had me in the office, uh, I would say probably an extra four hours the last two days. Tuesday night and Wednesday night. Um, just a lot of stuff going on there. So it really took away time that I had to do this. Um, so now we're sitting here Thursday morning. I am going to churn out a couple pods um, to make it to five this week. Um, so like I said, we'll be getting some more. Um, I, I'm not sure if we're probably going to do two coming out on Friday. Probably release one uh, Friday morning and then one Friday afternoon. This one will be the power rankings Thursday or Friday morning will be uh, league-wide stories, taking a look at the Patriots-Ravens game, um, some other things in there as well too. And then Friday will be our uh, gambling, Friday afternoon will be our gambling picks for uh, week 10 in the NFL season. But this is our power rankings episode, uh, coincides with an article up on Stampede Blue. If you're more of a reader, go check that out, but uh, I'd recommend you come here because this is more fun. <laughs> um but yeah, let, let's get right into it. Not going to spend a ton of time, um, you know, with some of these teams that are are staying right in the same area. Just some quick impressions from where they're at and where they're heading. So, number thirty-two, we've got a new number thirty-two. Welcome to Cincinnati, the Bengals, the only team left without a win. Um, didn't have a game this past week, but now they are the only uh, winless team in football. I will say I am excited to see uh, Ryan Finley. In his first start this week, he's got a tough go about it against against the Ravens, but I like Ryan Finley, so um, hopefully he can uh, string together some good football. Maybe if AJ Green's back, that helps too. And and I don't know, he's got he's got a uh, he's got eight games to to show why Cincinnati shouldn't draft another quarterback with the first or second overall pick. So good luck to Ryan Finley. Um, but now you know with Miami taking uh, their first win, there's. Uh, there should be little doubt that the Bengals are the worst team in football. Cincinnati at 32. They were 31 last week. Down two spots from 29 to 31. Look, when you lose to the Miami Dolphins, uh, and, and pretty soundly at that, you are one of the worst teams in football. Problems all over. Adam Gase was a whiff of a hire. Players uh, don't want to play there. And now Sam Darnold, uh, look, he's uh, he's looked pretty rough the last few weeks. I know... When he returned against Dallas, I, I was surprised. I mean, he, he looked great. And then since then, it's been bad game after bad game. Did not look good against Miami. Um, consistently is missing throws. His timing's off with his receivers, making poor decisions with the ball. Uh, this team is a shit show. Um, only reason they're not 32 is because Cincinnati doesn't have a win yet. Jets at 31, down from 29 last week. Staying right at number 30, the Washington Redskins. Um, tough game against the Bills. No one expected them to, to really win that one. Bills are a great team. And uh, now they've got the week off. You know, Dwayne Haskins slowly improving, um, you know, has really looked um, like he's not ready to be a starting quarterback. But as we start to get him to slowly improve, he does have a chance to get his first uh, win as a starting quarterback uh, two weeks from now when the Redskins play the Jets. We've got we've got a we've had some 
crazy matchups this year of just the worst teams playing each other all the time. I know there's a Cincinnati-Miami game. We had uh, the Jets and the Dolphins. We get to see that twice. We've get, we get the, you know, the Jets and the Redskins. We had the Redskins and the Dolphins. A lot, a lot of games out there that are just some of the worst teams in football. Um, Washington might get that chance for Haskins to get his first win as a starter two weeks from now against the Jets. Um, for now, they are still one of the worst teams in football. I got them staying at 30. Up three spots. Congratulations, Miami. You have a win now. Um, but seriously, huge congrats to Brian Flores. I, I'm a fan. I, I think that he's one of those guys that will um, be a Belichick disciple that really builds from the ground up and, and does a good job with it. Um, and, and I think we're, we're going to see a, a, a good rebuild in Miami. It might not just, it's not going to happen overnight, but I like where things are heading. Um, still a bad team, still a lack of talent on the roster. Um, but I'm sure it has to feel extremely good to get a, a, your first win of the season and, uh, take down your former head coach at the same time. So dolphins bump up three spots from 32 to 29 after their first win of the season. Staying at 28, the Atlanta Falcons. The schedule has not been uh, light for Atlanta. They went into their bye with uh, two games against the Seahawks and the Rams. Now they turn things right around and they play the Saints uh, and Drew Brees this weekend. Um, so, so really tough schedule, really tough stretch for Atlanta. Uh, they did put up um, some good some good yardage on offense against the Seahawks a couple weeks ago. But look, uh, don't expect much from from the Falcons. Like I said, the team I whiffed the most on uh, heading into this season. I, I thought that they would take the division. Uh, they're a shit show. Um, I wouldn't expect much from them the rest of the season, but I would expect a lot of changes uh, from the roster and the coaching staff this offseason. Atlanta staying put at 28 um, with another extremely tough opponent coming up. 27 and staying put where they are. They're they're my 27th team. They're sitting at 2-7. and seven. The New York football giants... Had Dallas on the ropes for a little bit, uh, got out to that early lead. But this team, um, you really shouldn't expect them to to play a full 60 minutes of solid football on, on both sides as well, too. Um, there's too many holes on the roster. You know, they've got young, inexperienced playmakers, and their head coach looks lost at times. They're another team. Could get another win this week. They're, they're playing on the road in their own stadium against the Jets. Um, and so, who knows? Could be 3-7. and seven. If they lose to the Jets, they'll definitely fall further down. But uh, Giants-Jets, and another another matchup this week of two of the worst teams in football. Giants at 27. Down two spots from 24 last week at 26 now. Boy, oh boy, do the Cleveland Browns keep on falling. Uh, I, I thought that this would be kind of one of those games that they just show up, uh, kind of like the uh, the Ravens game, where they just show up and they just ball out, tear apart the defense. You know, it's, you know... It, just one of those games where everything seems to be clicking. Uh, you know, I didn't think the Broncos were that great. Um, and then Brandon Allen hands the Browns their sixth loss of the season. Um, they're in desperation mode right now. They know it. Someone, I think it was OBJ talking about running the table if they want to salvage the season. Um, won't be easy to start it this week. You know, they got the Bills uh, coming into town. Very solid team. That'll. I feel like that'll be a closer game. We'll talk about the Bills later on and kind of what they are as a as a team through this point of the season. But uh, Browns, they're two and six. I have them at twenty six. I love when stuff like that works out. Giants two and seven at twenty seven. Browns two and six at twenty six. 
down two spots from last week, shouldn't lose to Denver with, with all the talent on that roster. 25, and down two slots from last week. Just like the Browns, this is the NFC version of the Browns. Uh, the Chicago Bears. Um, look, when your defense takes a step back from being one of the best in football from last year, and your coach of the year takes even a, a you know takes a bigger step back from what he was last year, um, those are two very, very key uh, points to to a sign of regression. Especially then the offensive line. Uh, gets seemingly worse. They're one of the worst uh, units in football. And then, like I said, you know, I, I I feel like if you like Mitchell Trubisky, you hate my podcast because I shit on him so much. But he's not a starting caliber quarterback. This is one of those teams that I I I try to avoid watching on Sunday if I can. Um, I, I just have no interest in this Bears team. Got them at twenty five. Now on to twenty four and up two spots. From the past week. The Denver Broncos. Um, you know, give some props to Vic Fangio. Now 3-2 and two in their last five uh, after starting the season. 0-4. So glad they're able to get some wins in there. Look, if the Broncos can turn this season into a 6-10 and 10 and maybe make a late run where it's like, oh, they've got, you know, maybe some younger players, you know, pop out. We see, you know, Cortland Sutton continue to develop. Noah Fant has come alive since trading away Emmanuel Sanders. Um, and, you know, we enter the offseason saying, hey, Denver came along strong at the end of the year. Um, you know, there's something to be excited about for next season. The AFC West um, will be one of my favorite divisions to watch. Of course, the Chiefs are still there. I expect a big jump in the win column from the Ra- uh, Ra- Ooh, the Raiders Jeez, next season. Uh, the Chargers, if this was just one of their fluke seasons, and, and even them, they're coming right around to 500 again. Big game, uh later tonight against the Ra- or Raiders, Jesus, and then Denver, if they can string something together, that's a very interesting division, um, but right now, Denver, 24, on my power rankings, um, props to them for being able to take down that, that, uh, that really bad Brown, uh, Browns team, 23, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, up two spots from last week, I was, I was really impressed with how they showed up against Seattle, you know, um, and it, it started to make me think, because we know how much management uh, in Tampa loves Jameis Winston and kind of how they have to just because they're the guys that drafted him you know they want to make themselves feel validated um, even though it's it's really gone wrong uh, since drafting him uh, atop that draft but uh is there a world where Jameis is still the Buccaneers quarterback next year you know if Jameis has a couple more games like he did on Sunday against Seattle and and you know limits the turnovers sure it still wasn't a great game um, but you know, limiting the turnovers, things like that. Is there a reason that we could think that heading into the off season, Bruce Arians would be like, Oh, we're just getting started with our work on Jameis. You know, I think that I can turn him into a, a great quarterback. And then all of a sudden he's, he's there for another year. Um, just because management ownership loves him. I, I don't know. Could be, um, I, I personally wouldn't, I'm starting to wonder if, if Tampa's front office will consider that. Um, when the offense is rolling, it looks fun. They still need, you know, a solid ground game. Uh, and their run defense is one of the best in football. Um, really impressed with how they showed up against Seattle. Um, and so I've got them up two spots to 23. Just ahead of them at 22, the 3-5-1 and one Arizona Cardinals. Um, kind of another team just like Tampa. Was really impressed with what we saw against them, um, against the 49ers. 
you know, that 49ers defense has been um, mauling all of its opponents, and, and Kyler and, and that offense really got going for, you know, put up a decent amount of points on them. Um, if this team can, uh, this is one of those other divisions, I know it's just talking about the AFC West, but if, if the Cardinals can really go big in the offseason and really, you know, make some big moves in free agency or the draft where their defense, you know, somehow turns around and gets to, to league average or a little better, um, or they go heavy on the offensive line. Um, the, the the NFC West is going to be extremely fun too. If, if the Cardinals can, can kind of speed up their, their quote unquote rebuild or retool, I guess I would say, um, then you've got, you know, the Rams, the Seahawks, the 49ers and the Cardinals, all four very, um, promising teams at the least you know the other three are actually winning games right now but if the Cardinals can kick it into high gear this offseason you got four teams there that are that are interesting at the least uh Cardinals at 22 up one spot from last week now to 21 the LA Chargers um look they're on a little bit of a win streak right now they're sitting at four and five I'm not putting I'm not putting a ton of weight into what we've seen you know, the, the Packers game, look, I'm just going to call that a fluke. You know, until Green Bay, you know, does it again this weekend against Carolina, or we see it again uh, later on in the season. I'm just going to chalk that up to a fluke. Maybe, you know, they thought they would be able to walk over L.A. and then uh, just kind of didn't get off the bus. Um, aside from that Packers game, the Chargers, you know, kind of run that they've been on. Um, so since week four... Their wins have come against teams with a combined record of 7-18. And, 18. and um, they've got tougher opponents left on the horizon. Still two games left against the Chiefs. Of course, tonight's game against the Raiders. I'm not buying into what the Chargers are doing. I, you know, I, I did say that uh, at the beginning of the season, I thought they were a 9-7 and seven team that just missed the playoffs. Or maybe I said 7-9. and nine. Um, I expected a, a, a regression from last year's. I think they went 11-5. and five. Um, But I'm not buying much into it. But they are sort of on a little bit of a roll. Um I think it gets stopped tonight against Oakland, but for now, Chargers at 21. Up to 20, another team making a little bit of a run, uh, the the Pittsburgh Steelers, now at 500. Um, of course, they're, you know, whatever kind of win you want to call it over the Colts this past week. I call it lucky. Everything went wrong for Indy, and they still had a chance to win it. Um, but Pittsburgh, props to them for, you know, getting some wins together now, sitting at 500, second best team in the AFC North. This season, um, amid everything that's happened in the offseason and up to this point, you know, moving on from Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, Ben Roethlisberger getting hurt, this is a big season, um, and this will be a big season remembered uh, for Mike Tomlin. Um, he's, he just seems to get a lot of shit as a head coach sometimes for not, you know, being able to manage the personalities of the killer bees and, and oh, you know, Mike Tomlin wasted away, you know, all that talent. What he's been able to do this year with Mason Rudolph, Devlin Hodges, James Conner, who has, you know, not been as good and also banged up. Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, could really use a number one wide receiver next to him to make him a number two. Very talented defense. But what he's been able to do this year and still, you know, get this team up to a point where they're sitting at 500 halfway through the season. Um, props to him. And, uh, you know, Pittsburgh should feel very good about uh, having him as a head coach. Uh, amid everything that had been going wrong, he still got them right in a position to, to, to make a little run toward a wild card spot. So... Props to Mike Tomlin. Number 19, we have got the Tennessee Titans. Down two spots from last week. Now at 19, they are sitting at 4-5. and five. Um, 
the big thing with Tennessee is that their first half of the season, the strength of schedule was much easier than the second half strength of schedule is, and they were only able to go four and four through the first eight weeks. And of course, this past week was tough against Carolina, weren't able to pull it out, um, and there's you know no expecting that it's going to get better the rest of the way. The 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 end part of that schedule is still tough. You got to play um, some pretty good opponents. I'll pull it up just to just to list off the names. So we've got through the rest of the season, of course, last week against Carolina to start off that second half of the schedule that um, was great. So you've got, you know, the Jags this week, which which could be a toss-up between those two teams. Or sorry, not this week. They got the Chiefs this week. My apologies. So they got the Chiefs followed up with some divisional games against the Colts, Jags. They still got the Raiders. They got to play the Texans twice, and they got the Saints. So um, realistically... You know the Bucks to or the Titans to me could probably get that game against Jacksonville. Maybe can take one against the Texans. I doubt it. Um, so then we're looking at maybe two more wins for Tennessee and them finishing the season at six and ten. Um, they really didn't take advantage of that first half of the schedule as as much as they should have. And now at four and five, uh, things are just going to get more difficult. So Tennessee at nineteen probably going to keep falling down. One spot ahead of them at 18, I've got the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, like I said, 19 and 18, I kind of flipped them back forth uh, a couple of times. To me, these teams are kind of the same. Um, you know, as soon as I start to grow out my mustache for November, Garner Minshew gets benched. I think that's the underlying story. Garner Minshew plays one game in November and gets benched for Nick Foles. Um, no, clearly, clearly Minshew was, uh, wasn't playing up to the level that, you know, we saw him in those first opening few weeks. Nick Foles gives him a better shot to win, and, and Doug Marone doesn't, you know, want to lose, even though I think they're in a situation where it'd be better to just kind of get the higher draft pick. But uh, Foles will make his return in two weeks against the Colts after their bye week, and uh, they'll have to make a little run if they want to try and get at that wild card spot. Uh, to me, personally, I think the Jags would just be better off chalking this up as a lost season. Coming back into 2020 with um, got maybe a new running back in there. Leonard Fournette show continues uh, continues to disappoint. Get in, uh, God, you know their defense is fine to I me. Mean, maybe another linebacker. Secondary is fine. AJ Bouye can be a number one corner. He was he was a great number two. He was probably one of the best number twos out there because Jalen Ramsey was there. Still a very good number one. Um, I like Jacksonville's roster. I like its head coach. But maybe this year we should just you know take a step back and try and get a high draft pick. Jacksonville at eighteen. Down one spot from last week. At number 17, I've got the Detroit Lions. Now at 3-4-1, I think I've got that right. It could be 3-5-1, that's all I know. Um, but Look, uh, I, I, I don't really know what to say about the Lions um, that I haven't said. You know what? I, I like Matt Patricia. I like Matt Stafford. Obviously, the secondary is a problem, and losing on Johnson for the season um, really makes that offense one-dimensional. Now, Matt Stafford has looked good. Uh, when, you know, in the few games that they've had to be, okay, we just, we just need Matt Stafford to, to ball out and he's looked great. But, um, I like where they're going, but this year at the end of the day, we kind of just have to take a look at the Lions season and say, okay, it was a step in the right direction. And now, you know, you go into the off season, maybe get some offensive line help. I like the skilled players, especially when carry on gets back and healthy, um, and then help out that secondary. And then Detroit could be a, one of those sneaky teams next year. I guess I got a lot of teams I think could be sneaky good. Speaking of one of those teams, number 16 up three spots, the Oakland Raiders. 
Uh, look, you all know that this is my this is my crush. This is the team I have a crush on for next season. Like what John Gruden's doing, I think it's gonna be fun in Las Vegas even more. Um, one of the underrated stories of the year, and, and I could say the same with Detroit about Matt Stafford. Um, Matt Stafford and Derek Carr. Let's talk about both of them since I've got them right next to each other in the power rankings. Um, you know, both had huge changes to their offensive um, systems last year when John Gruden came in and the New England type offense was, you know, implemented in Detroit. And both of them had down years. It was like, ugh, these guys were rolling. And all of a sudden, things don't look that great. Both have come back this year and have played at a, an extremely high level. And um, it's got to feel pretty comforting for the head coach because after that first year, you'd be like, is this our guy? Um, but the way that both have come out this year, um, really impressive what we've seen from Matt Stafford and Derek Carr. Uh, for the Raiders specifically, game tonight against uh, L.A. Um, that I expect the Raiders to win. And um, you keep on rolling. Be above 500. You know, Try and cement yourself as the second best team in the AFC West. I got the Raiders at 16. Staying put from where they were last week uh, at 15, the Philadelphia Eagles. Don't put your eggs in Philadelphia's basket just yet. Um, you know, right out of their bye week, they've got two brutal games against the Patriots and the Seahawks. It gets a lot lighter to finish that out, but um, if you're sitting at a point five and six, you still got a game against Dallas later on that, you know, it's a week 16 that could very well, you know, decide who's going to win that division. Um, I, I still think I give Dallas the upper hand, but Philadelphia, uh, I just, I just have a hard time trusting inconsistent teams and, and Philadelphia is an inconsistent team on defense, on offense, coaching. Um, I, I don't want to invest much in, into Philadelphia, but they're about 500. They got their bye week. We'll see how they look three weeks from now after they play the Patriots and the Seahawks. And, uh, for now they're at 15 at 14, the six and three Minnesota Vikings, I told you all last week, I'll tell you all this week, let's short our stocks on the Minnesota Vikings. I went through and, and did a little bit more of a look into kind of their schedule uh, that they had played in the, in that kind of run that they went on, um, and some, some really bad secondaries. I've already talked to you about that, but the rest of their schedule includes playing the fourth, the fourth best uh, pass defense, the fifth best pass defense, and the 14th pass, best pass defense uh, in those remaining six games. So... Kirk is going to have a tough time going uh, in at least half of those games. Um, not to mention another game that they're going to have to duel it out with the Packers. I just don't. I, I just don't believe it. I just don't believe what the the Vikings are are putting out there. Uh, you know what the record sh shows, the success that they had. They beat up on bad opponents, and and they're about to face some good ones. So, um, Vikings at fourteen. Probably keep them around that range. I, you know, they're not going to fall down to as low as twenty. They're still going to finish with a winning record. So maybe they, they, they stay. You know, the the lowest they could pro possibly go for me. I mean, if they lose out and they finish six and ten, they'll be down near that eighteen to twenty range. But realistically, Minnesota will float between you know thirteen and eighteen uh, the rest of this way. But right now, I've got them at fourteen, uh, back one spot after their loss to the Chiefs, which I told you all, told you all was going to happen. Up one spot to 13, the Carolina Panthers. I feel like I could have put them up one more spot, but I'm going to leave them at 13. Um, look, I thought the Titans would be that trap game from Carolina. You know, they're looking ahead of the schedule. Oh, we've got Green Bay next week. You know, let's not worry too much about Tennessee. 
they're not that great of a team. And then uh, I expected, you know, Tennessee to maybe come out a little hungry. They did come in late and, uh, you know, try and make things a little close. Carolina dominated most of that game. Um, to me, they're not title contenders. They'll be around as one of the final teams fighting for a wild card spot. That division is still to uh, to the Saints, but hey, props to Carolina for what they've been able to uh, to string along. If they can beat some of their tougher opponents this week and uh, be through the rest of the schedule and be in a position to win the wild card spot, uh, it says a lot about the the future of Cam Newton, who's now on IR, possibly on the move after this season. So, um, you know, I, I wouldn't put money on them making a run in the playoffs. Uh, you know, or getting into the playoffs. You know, I think at the end of the day, we get three NFC West teams, but uh, they could they could surprise people. They surprised me this last week against Tennessee, and uh, will have a chance to surprise me a lot this week against uh, the Packers. Carolina at 13. Staying put at number 12 from last week, the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I've said it before, they're the best team in a bad division. They'll end up as the four seed in the playoffs, and probably lose to either the Seahawks or the Rams in, in the NFC West, uh, you know, wild card game or whatever it is there. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know how to feel about Dallas kind of with Carolina. I'm stuck in this range, you know, and I could go the same with, with Dallas, Carolina and Minnesota and Philadelphia. Those, those four teams right there, 15 through 12. I just don't know what to feel about any of them. Um, they're, they're just hard to get a read on kind of inconsistent at times. They win games, but they don't win them convincingly. Um, Dallas, their problems aren't Dak Prescott. He has been, you know, and I'm going to put this out there and, and we can, if, if it gets a lot of backlash and people disagree with me, he's been playing as like a, a top six, seven quarterback this year. Dak Prescott has been unbelievably good. Um, and so I, I think with, he's not the problem. I don't know what the problem is. I guess it still goes back to me for, for Jason Garrett. I've never been high on him as a head coach. But um, Dak has been playing extremely well this season. I think they're the best team in a bad division. They'll get into the playoffs. Probably won't make a run, but I've got Dallas at 12. At 11, and I feel like I should have them lower. I feel like I should probably have them you know, behind Dallas. Maybe behind Carolina, um, but I got the Colts. They'd been creeping up. They'd gotten all the way to seven in my power rankings. Now fall outside the top ten to eleven. Um, to me, the reason I didn't push them back too far is that everything, everything, everything was going wrong for them in that game against Pittsburgh. Um, they lose Jacoby Brissett. T.Y. Hilton wasn't playing. Um, you know, you give up a ninety-six yard pick six. Everything was not going their way, and they still had a chance to win that game. Um, you know, by now I call them the Cardiac Colts of 2019. They uh, they are extremely disciplined and efficient. They don't have the star players to go out there and just dominate games, but they'll always be in them. Um, they've got two light games the upcoming two weeks against Miami and Jacksonville. You know, hopefully they end up at that point seven and three. They'll be in shouting distance with Houston to take back that division. They play each other one more time a, a few weeks down the road. Um, but to me, Indy is still a playoff caliber team, but I definitely have lowered expectations after what we, uh, we've we seen kind of them hobble their way around um, these these last few games, you know, against Denver and, and Pittsburgh. So Indy at 11, down four spots. Probably could have gone a little lower on them, but I still think at the end of the day that this is a 10-win a team. 
Right now they're on pace for 10 and 6. So I think they're a 10-win team that really has a chance to uh, to win that division or get in as a wild card. Now into my top 10. We'll zip on through these because I know we're almost at that half hour mark, but uh, I don't really care. I've done longer. Number I've done much longer with this show. Uh, number 10, the Seattle Seahawks. I have them up one spot, more so just because I couldn't put Indy ahead of them. Um, the reason I have them at, at 10, um, and I don't feel that great about them, is you know when you're a 7-2 and two team and Jameis Winston has his best game of the season against you, uh, he doesn't you know throw an interception against you, um, it makes me f- think a lot about your secondary. And I've already, you know, th- through the the entire season, I've been very bullish on the Seahawks. Um, and that Bucks win that they got in overtime still doesn't make me feel great. We'll see how they show up against Monday against the 49ers. Um, finally, we've got a good Monday night football game. I'm excited to watch that one. I expect the 49ers to win. Um, not a fan of Seattle's defense. And really, Russell Wilson has to be perfect for them to, to sh- you know, string out wins. It took a lot to beat Tampa. It's going to take even more to beat San Francisco. I'm... I'm not high on the Seahawks in terms of once they get to the playoffs, they'll get there. They'll get one of those wild card spots with the great start that they're, um, you know, the great start to their season at seven and two. But uh, I'm not buying much into them. Seahawks at ten. Number nine and staying put, the Buffalo Bills. Look, um, we we've got to come to accept that Buffalo is one of those very good teams, but because of the way that they operate on both sides of the ball, they're never going to blow out their opponents to to the level that we expect them to. It's going to be narrow victory after narrow victory. They're conservative on offense. They play extremely physical on defense. They're going to be low scoring games that they're just going to hope to pull out. Um, and they've you know they've continued to do that. They're six and two. They've got you know the second best record in the uh, in the AFC right now. Um, they play it close to the vest. They're going to get into the playoffs. Schedule isn't that tough the rest of the way. Could potentially be a trap game this week, traveling to Cleveland, you know, with how bad Cleveland has been, but we will see. Um, but Buffalo to me is still one of the top 10 teams in football. They just would much rather pull out those close wins than, than blow them out with their, their style of play. Buffalo staying put at nine up two spots. And, and this is this is going to be the point where they just, they, you know, Minnesota, I didn't buy into. Now I'm officially buying into the Houston Texans. I've got them at number eight. I didn't think it was sustainable. I think Deshaun Watson could just every week do the same shit to carry a, a bad team and a bad head coach to victory. Um, so this will be this will be hilarious if, if three weeks from now they're sitting and they've, you know, dropped to six and five or seven and five and they're six and six and... And they've made me look stupid for finally trusting them. But, um, man, the Texans will go as far as Deshaun Watson can take them. He is, you know, you know, Russell Wilson to me is the MVP front runner, but Watson is not that far behind. I think he's taking a far less talented team um, to a much higher level. And so uh, Deshaun Watson's great. I got to stop betting against him. I, I say it every week and then I go and bet against the Texans. Uh, but,. Look, Deshaun Watson's playing great. The team is okay. I don't think their roster is that great, but they keep winning games, so I got to start giving them you know, some credit where credit is uh, deserved. Credit is due. Uh, Texans at eight. Number seven, we didn't see him last week, but the Los Angeles Rams, I feel like the general consensus is, and, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like people aren't that high in the Rams. You know, They had a three-game losing streak. 
Then their two wins to get to five and three were against the Falcons and the Bengals in London. Um, but they're, to me, they're on the rise and they have a favorable schedule uh, the rest of the way too. Now, I don't love Jared Goff. I think we're going to take a look a few years now at that contract extension and think, boy, oh boy, they, that, you know, they really missed a, an opportunity to uh, maybe move on from Goff or let him play out this season before getting him on a cheaper deal. And their offensive line can concern me at times, but I think the skill players all around there, you know, wide receiver, tight end, running back, and the uh, the studs on defense, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, guys like that, um, should help mask those concerns that I have. And at the end of the day, I love Sean McVay, and I, I think this Rams team is going to make a run into that, you know, wild card spot. And I think they, they're one of those teams that since they've been there, you know, last year and the year before, you know, making runs in the playoffs, they're going to be one of those teams that, you know, if you're... If you're, ooh, who could I say? You know, I would take the Rams over Dallas in that upset. Um, I guess it would technically be an upset because uh, Dallas has the home field advantage. I would um, I would say that, you know, they've got the experience over the 49ers. 49ers might be the better team right now, but they haven't they haven't gone into the playoffs and done it yet. I know Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan has experience from his run with Atlanta, but I don't know. I think this Rams team is just slowly sneaking by. I don't think they mind being on the in the back of the minds of their opponents, and then I think we're going to see a great run from them. L.A. Rams at 7. Uh, this is where it gets bad. I feel like people are going to start really ripping on me. Um, at number 6, I and I, uh, I didn't have them moving. I've got the Baltimore Ravens. You know, I, it was a great game from them on Sunday. And I will admit, and I just did, I probably have them too low to compare to what most of you would do. But I think their offense is too one-dimensional, too reliant on the run game, and their pass defense still ranks 26th in the NFL. Um, look, the, the win over New England was huge. Now I need to see what they can do to carry that momentum the rest of the way through. Um... They're still one of the better teams in the AFC. I just I, I worry about you know playing a team like the Chiefs with a with a heavy downfield passing game. We already saw the Chiefs beat up on the Ravens uh, earlier in the season. You know the Texans with with Will Fuller, Deshaun, or DeAndre Hopkins, and Kenny Stills. That offense, that trio of receivers. The Colts have a very smart uh, passing game uh, game plan as well too. Especially when you know by the time they may be playing the playoffs, T.Y. Hilton and Devin Funchess should be back. I don't know. It was a great win on Sunday, but also, and I'll talk about it in a second, played right into the hands of the Patriots. But uh, Ravens at six. I feel like most of you are really going to hate me for that. Number five and down two spots uh, this past week, the Green Bay Packers. They hands down had the worst, you know, were the worst team on the field this past week. They, they looked awful. They didn't show up. Uh, I'm going to call it as a fluke until we see, you know, another game. You know, maybe if they come out just as bad on Sunday against Carolina. But uh, I just think that they were kind of asleep through that entire game. I expect them to pick things up against Carolina, continue their reign through, and to be one of the top teams in the NFC. But man, that was that was concerning with what we saw. But uh, I'm just going to chalk it up as a fluke until we see it again. Packers down two spots at number five. Number four and up a spot, the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, anyone who thought that the Chiefs would take a step back without Pat Mahomes... Obviously, you know, didn't follow the career success that Andy Reid has had with backup quarterbacks, you know, um, whether it was backup quarterbacks before in Kansas City or Philadelphia. 
Now they're at six and three with Mahomes coming back in. Um, I'm, I'm hoping I get a chance to watch them. They're actually, you know, playing in Tennessee, five minutes from my apartment, I'm trying to get some tickets to that game. I would love to watch Mahomes play. Now with him coming back in, they'll reassert themselves as, as the second best team in the AFC uh, with a shot at being the top team if they can take down New England in a couple weeks. Or, sorry, it's a, I guess it's about a month from now. But Chiefs at number four. They're still riding high as the second best team in the AFC to me. And now they've got the reigning MVP coming back into their lineup. Chiefs at four. Down two spots. Couldn't keep them at number one. The New England Patriots. And I know... Still might have them a little too high on, on some people's minds. You know, oh, Baltimore just beat them. How can you only have them falling down two steps? Um, you know, I know this was their first game against a real, true, tough opponent, and they didn't look that great. Um, here's my thing with the Patriots and kind of the way that we've seen this happen before where a team comes in and stuns them early on in the season or midway through the season, and really the next time they come around, they, they aren't able to do the same thing against the Patriots. You know, Bill Belichick now knows what the Ravens are going to do to try and beat the Patriots. He has, what, two months now to, to game plan and figure out his his counterattack to what they're going to try and do. Um, they're going to try and go smash mouth football, so they're going to the Patriots are going to need to get physical up front. Um, and the Patriots team is going to look different next time around. You know, they're hopefully going to have a healthier offensive line. You know, they're going to have Nikhil Harry back in there. He'll have a better connection with Mohamed Sanu at that point. Maybe the run game gets going. I, I don't know. But for the Patriots, I know I know, I probably should have them a little bit lower. But at the end of the day, I, I just I can't. I, you know, when it comes to teams heading into the postseason, I'm going to take the, the team that has Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. And so, um, to me, they're still the best team in the AFC. They know now what Baltimore is going to do to try and beat them. They can game plan to, uh, to readjust and, and focus on turning that around the next time they face in the playoffs. But Patriots at three, down two spots. Up two spots, and uh, up to the number two slot, we've got the New Orleans Saints. Look, I'll just go through the list. Great head coach, strong offensive line, solid defense, great run defense, and and, and above average quarterback play. The Saints are playing great, well-rounded football. Uh, they'll be one of the top seeds in the NFC. Um, you know, I, I didn't want to be high on the Saints coming into the season. I didn't think that they would be able to to really show up after the last two devastating playoff exits. They've looked great. Um, and, and right now, yeah, they, they're, they're the second-best team in football. I, would st I still like the Patriots and the Packers more, if you're putting me in the postseason. Um, but but with the way those two showed up this past week, I had to bump them down. New Orleans up to number two. And then our new number one, the San Francisco 49ers. The only undefeated team left in football. Their defense is continuing to get better. Their running backs um, have unique depth that I, I don't think we really see anywhere else in the league. And then Jimmy Garoppolo showed us on Thursday night that he can win games for that 49ers team when maybe the defense doesn't have as great of a game or the running game is a little slow. He had a, a solid game on Thursday night um, and showed that he can be counted on to, to win games. Now, of course, Carolina's secondary isn't that great, and it did take a, a lot to be able to pull out that win, but I think that it, it showed that he can be relied on if everything else goes to shit. Now, they better not make me look dumb and screwed up this week when they play Russell Wilson and the Seahawks on, uh, on Monday Night Football, but for now, I've got them as my number one team. Um, only undefeated left, and uh, I like where they're heading. So, 49ers up a spot, 
to my number one team in my week nine NFL power rankings. So there you have it. A lot of shifts in this week, more so than than the past week. We had a lot of teams moving up and down. Of course, certainly at the top with Green Bay and New England, uh, you know, losing again. We've had at the bottom, you know, the, the Dolphins picking up their first one of the season. So lots of changes in there. But that is my power rankings heading into week 10. And uh, yeah, for now, you know, go over. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Blake Andrew Pace. I'll have some content coming out soon uh, for, for Stampede Blue. Um, make sure to like, subscribe, leave a comment, rate the show. Um, I really appreciate you all continuing to listen and riding through with me. I know the schedule got a little crunched because of work, but I will have two more episodes out this week coming out soon with, uh, with league-wide stories for uh, what is usually my Thursday episode. And then Friday afternoon, we should uh, be expecting my picks against the spread heading into week 10 of the NFL season. But for now, thank you guys so much for listening. I'm Blake Pace, and I will talk to you tomorrow.